Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're going to go ahead and welcome in somebody that actually played in the stadium in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, former Browns offensive lineman Jason Pinkston joins us. What's up, Pink? What's going on, guys? How are you? We're doing all right. We're talking about the Browns stadium and... I want a new stadium because I want a retractable roof stadium uh, because that's just good for business, I think. When when you played in that stadium, how did players feel about playing at First Energy Stadium? You know what? I absolutely loved it, man. Um, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was one of the nicer stadiums at the time. Um, but I do agree times are changing. I, I don't like the idea of a retractable stadium or retractable roof for a stadium. But I just feel like that stadium there, the whole vibe, it's Cleveland, it's on the lake, you know, those winter times, you get you get the winds blowing through there, the weather, I think it plays in favor to who the Browns are. Yeah, but I'd like to be able to see, like, Taylor Swift in a retractable roof dome in, like, June with my kids. Like, that's really, it's not about, like, I, I, I think most Clevelanders, I don't want to say most Clevelanders, I think select Clevelanders would be willing to take the hit in how we watch football, if it means we got the rest of the, the rest of the schedules freed up to actually host like premier music, you know, or or like premier in events, basketball games, yeah, and I, things I like absolutely that. agree. There's obviously uh, a huge benefit to having um, a dome and uh, a roof over your stadium. You might get some college basketball. You might get a Super Bowl. I think there is a benefit there. It's just, I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, it's just it's, it's so hard to be like yeah let's do it. Obviously, there's a lot that goes with the saying yeah we're going to do a stadium like that. But I mean I, I think there's 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 definitely positives to doing something like that. And you know who knows maybe one day they, they might make that happen. Pink, can you tell me you really like playing in the cold though? Like the the kind of cold we get in the lake. Like that hurts like hell, right? It, it, you know what? When you're on the field and you're going and you're playing, it doesn't hurt. But the moment you step off to that sideline in between series, it hurts. It absolutely sucks. It does. But it, like I said, there's, there's also there's an advantage to, you know, when you're playing a team from Miami comes up there in January or someone comes from Arizona or California, there's advantages to it. But, you know, it, I, I guess it's all preference. It really didn't matter to me. Obviously, I've, I've been in Pittsburgh, played my college football there. It was cold, so I kind of knew what to expect. But you know, it's I, I would I I would love to see some kind of change or maybe upgrade um, to the stadium. Would be nice. Obviously, I think a, like you know you look at the Raiders Stadium. It's obviously in Las Vegas. It's beautiful. Uh, Minnesota has a nice stadium. Uh, there there's some nice ones to go around, and it, it doesn't hurt to have a dome over your stadium because you can just do so much more. Um, outside of football, other events that bring, you know, revenue to the communities and the cities and jobs and things like that. So, I mean, I, I, w- I would like to see something happen if they did do it. 
Jason, I'm not sure you saw this story today. We were just talking about it last segment about this uh, the player for the Orlando Guardians of the XFL. He apparently was a quarterback and gave the game plan or the playbook to an opponent. And has, they, the team investigated it. They have since cut him and, and basically uh, erased him from the, the Internet. Uh, ever ha- having to play for the for the Guardian, so we were having a fun conversation about this and, and thinking um, w- this is probably unfair for you, Pinks. <laughs> but but did you have a player that you played with that would have been a, a candidate to give the playbook away to an opponent? And you don't have to give us the name, but you just if the, it's just a yes or no, just wink twice. You know, I, no, but I, there were players that were just irresponsible and and maybe not the brightest. You know, guys in the book where, you know, they forgot places, you know, that was a big thing with, you know, most of the coaches I've had and played with, you know, you go and you're going on these trips to, you know, other cities, you know, we were even on the planes, you know, they, they were collecting, make sure you go through and collect your stuff. Um, when you got to the hotels, you know, the people came around, they collected your playbook, your, 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 your game scripts and everything like that. Um, even, even to the to the point where it was like you couldn't leave meetings with them and things. But we, ha- I've been on, you know, I, when I played for the Browns, actually, there was a guy from another team who forgot his. I, I guess we were. On the, I don't know how this happened, but someone left there from an opposing team left something on the plane, and we got a hold of it. And it was, you know, it was part of their game plan and preparation for the week. Um, so that did happen, but we, there was definitely guys on the team that were just irresponsible and just stupid that would leave <laughs> leave stuff places. And that's yes, a twofer. It, that's it, a twofer, you pink. Yeah, it, 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 it does happen. <laughs> not only not intentionally like this guy, but people put stuff. You know, they leave things in bathrooms and stuff. And trust me, it's going to that other team if you leave it. All right, I got to know it because this is in the XFL. No, I'm not trying to disparage the XFL. But like the kind of the, the stakes aren't as high. If if you found out, if, if you and your teammates found out a member of your team deliberately gave plays to another team that you were going to be, I'm assuming playing that week. What would what would the NFL players? How would you guys respond? Would you confront him directly, or would you just would you just, would you just blackball the dude? I think they would. I think guys would confront him for sure. Your guys, because you put too much work in, and you know, in that league, man, it's hard enough to beat these teams on a Sunday. And you know, like you're fighting for your job every week to play well and and and, and to win these games. And if, if you got someone on the team that's you know giving up your plays or signals. That, that's just that's garbage. You, you can't have that. But I feel like the NFL is is so big and it's uh, you know and it's prestigious and to be there and to play there. I don't think guys have the you know the balls to do that. To say, I mean that that that'd be huge. You'd have to be really really stupid to do something like that. Jason Pinkston, uh, longtime Cleveland Browns guard, offensive lineman, one of our favorites on the Feisty North Homestead. on a Friday. The North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, do you have any favorite combine memories as it is combine week? You know what, man? I, it was so – it's funny you say that because I, at the combine I met with Tampa Bay. This is obviously 2011 – or 2000 – yeah, 2011. Tampa Bay – 
And I was big into deer hunting and, and fishing. That's how, you know, my grandfather, that's how he raised us. We were always out hunting, fishing, and things like that. So I, I was meeting with Tampa Bay and the GM, and I, he's, you know, he's talking to me. He's asking me, like, you know, what do you like to do in your off, you know, your off time? Like, what did you do? I always went hunting and fishing, and, you know, he goes, you, you mean, like, you deer hunt it? Like, yeah, like, I, you know, you go out, you deer hunt. Like, I've done it for years. He's like, so if I said to you, what is a 10-point? I'm like, dude, that's a 10-point. It's, it's a big buck. It has five antlers on one side and five on the other. Like, he looked like, and I took it as when I walked on that, you know, I think it was like, wow, that dude, like, thought, like, because I was like this young, this 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 young black kid from the, the neighborhood that I I actually went hunting, and I, I felt like he was asking me that for that reason, like I was just making that up. And like I'm looking at this guy, are you serious? Like there's a lot of guys that hunt, you know, and uh, that was a weird one. And it was just, just it, it was just overall in general for me, it was just a it's, it was a weird experience because it was, you know, you walk in there, all these coaches are sitting down. And they call your name, and you walk down the aisle in the middle of everybody, and you're just in spandex, and they're like looking at your body, taking notes, and it, it's like a meat market. It's like you're literally praying yourself for all the teams and managers and GMs, and you're walking around in spandex all day long. Jason, great stuff as always, buddy. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of you. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll catch up down the line. All right, fellas. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Honestly, today, I had a realization about the Browns and First Energy Stadium. And you know what? It's what we're about to play for you. Daryl, who was hosting with Dan Menigan today uh, from 10 to 2 on Baskin and Phelps, Daryl had what I think might be one of the hottest takes I've ever heard on the station. I'll just say this. Hold on to your hats because sticker shock is forthcoming when it comes to the Brown Stadium situation. You're not going to believe the numbers, the dollars and cents that could potentially be involved with this project. They could drop that thing into Lake Erie, and I don't think anybody would miss it. All right. Is Is it one of the NFL's best stadiums? No. Is it the Oakland Coliseum, or is it Washington Stadium, where once a year uh, a sewage pipe bursts and and Washington fans have their own filth rain down upon them. No, like I think we've hit critical mass with talking about First Energy Stadium. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a palace. I'm not saying it was good enough 25 years ago or the way they built it. All those things can be true. But saying ah, just dump it into the lake and who cares? That's a scorcher. They might as well just dump it in the lake and no one would care. I, seriously? A pipe did burst there, by the way. Okay, one pipe. One time. It's a yearly occurrence. Yeah, it It's the running of the feces in Commander Stadium. We, we got against FES. FES? First Angie Stadium. It's a... I don't call it FES. Fess? Fess? Old Fessy? The Lock Fess? What do you call it? Cleveland Brown Stadium. Okay, that's fair. That is that's another name for it. Um, what do you got against it? What do you mean? Like you said, you you could try, you you agree with Daryl's incredibly hot take. I I don't agree wholeheartedly with it. Uh, I think he's being saying some of that in jest. Mm-hmm. I think you're trying to throw him under the bus, and and he's going to be a guest on the show later, so I'm sure he's going to love that. 
Oh, he makes fat jokes all the time. He can burn in hell for all I care. Oh, that's not nice. I don't mean literal hell. I was saying it in jest. Um, My goodness. I I had a thought in hearing Daryl say that, and I, I do know Daryl's talking a little bit in, in hyperbole, a little bit in jest. Um, I think I, th- I think the biggest problem with First Energy Stadium is twofold. One, it's a ridiculously cold weather stadium that because it doesn't have a retractable roof on it, limits your ability to use it. So that's one. That's fair. Two, and maybe most importantly, the Browns haven't been any good since it opened up. That's a true statement. Like, we're so civic. We have so much civic pride in this town, right? We take pride in things that I don't know that in bigger markets or we're more more transplant markets, Miami, Atlanta. You know, I don't. I don't know that they care about certain things like we do. Like for the longest time, there was a limit to how how high you could build uh, a skyscraper in this town because we didn't want it to to go over the terminal tower. That has since gone down, but the point is, like, that is very much caked in the identity of all of us. Right. But I think if the Browns, like, if the Browns, if you, okay, the Ravens, if you take, if the Browns never left and they had built the new stadium where it is, and you have two Super Bowls and you have, what, three, no, I think it's five losing seasons in 25 years. Would we be? Would we? Would we all be just so freely talking about getting rid of First Energy Stadium? Probably not. We want a winner more than anything. We just want a winner. So should we make sure that the Browns are going to be a winner as currently constructed before we spend two billion dollars? Um, because I I don't want the stench no, of the new organization. I don't listen. If we're going to have a crappy team, at least give me a, a really good stadium. All right. So it's more of a sliding scale. So you'll enjoy a stadium more, even if the football's crappy, if it's nicer. So if the stadium was, so would you trade, all right, would you trade the last 24 years of crappy football for the future the Ravens had if you had to watch it all at Municipal Stadium? Cause that's, yes, that's, yes, I would. Those, the yes, tw- I the, would. Really? Okay. 216-578-0092. Would we like First Energy Stadium more if the Browns had won more since 1999? And I think I'm just simply pointing that out because the way we talk about First Energy Stadium as if it's as if it's Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Yeah. As if it's the biggest dump and we're all embarrassed of it. And listen, it is a mid stadium. There and there's nothing remarkable about it. The way it was built was problematic. The, the idea behind just make it as quick as you possibly can. Totally get it. That's not that bad. Like, you don't have the sight issues, the sight line issues you had in old municipal stadium. You don't have, I mean, basically the issues we talked about at uh, the stadium in Washington, the stadium in Oakland, that were constantly happening at old municipal stadium. Uh, SMHHH. On Twitter, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store, saying um, it isn't that the stadium is falling apart. It's that it has the smallest concourses, which is a huge problem, and it is one of the worst for a fan experience. So the fan experience thing I don't get. Isn't fan experience almost entirely linked to whether you're winning or not? 
Like all the things that people like to oh, make yeah. fun of, like the third down, the shark sound, like all the things people like to make fun of. Wouldn't we love the hell out of them if the Browns had won? Listen, when I suggested to Alex Shiner to make the Halloween theme music on third down, I thought it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. And then the problem was they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. So then it was a joke. So everything's a joke until you win. Kevin, welcome to the show. Dustin. Kevin. Dracula, Stefanski. I know you enjoy Halloween. I would like to turn the old Brown Stadium into a giant coffin so I could sleep during the day and work during the night and make this Browns program the best that it could possibly be. Okay. Are you a vampire? Wait, that's a mic drop? Apparently. All right, how many Pepsis did Kevin have? I think Kevin is hammered. Ten. It's Friday. Mm. It's Friday. Uh, it's Friday. Dustin, or we should call him Other Dustin on Twitter. Um, my There's cousin, no other Dustins. Well, no, this, but his name is literally Dustin. How do we know? Is he verified? It says it. I, I'm verifying he's it. making it up. Uh, my cousin did the concrete at the stadium. He put terrible towels in the concrete. It needs to go. What? What are we doing here? I just, I, I just, I can't. You can't erase the 25 years of crap Browns history. I think that's the thing here. You can build the nicest punch bowl in the world if you want. Haslam, I mean, the Haslam have gotten like $20 billion over the last like five, six years for their stake in Pilot Flying J. They're at this point, they're just printing money. They're buying teams to to help their cash flow. That's how much money the Haslams have here. And it's not gonna matter if you don't start winning. You can have the stadium that says we're gonna put the Super Bowl in Cleveland because it's such a nice stadium. And it's not gonna matter if you go three and fourteen or if you go seven and ten. Hundred percent. But like, do people want to erase the last twenty? Because I mean uh, to me, when people are like, I just tear down the stadium, it sucks. It's Aren't we really just talking about the Browns the last 25 years? Pretty much, yes. 216-578-0092. Would you like First Energy Stadium more? Would you hate to see it go? Because I'll be honest, uh, I'd love to see a retractable baseball stadium here in Cleveland. I'd hate to see Progressive Field go. Because I have some of my best baseball Field memories. Is- for an older stadium, they've done a great job keeping it up. Mm-hmm. It's in a great location, and it's a pretty ballpark. And they reinvent it every 10 years. Oh, yeah. and they've won most of my life. That helps. Kind of a big deal. Big deal. Alex Sherman, CNBC media reporter. He joins us now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Alex, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here. So if I tried to explain your report... I would sound like a dummy because I am, in fact, semi-literate. So just for, for people who have not read your your piece here, can you explain the big-picture ESPN idea about linking users directly to live games? Yeah, sure. And I wouldn't sell yourself short because your intro to me was, was spot on, everything about it. Uh, the, the idea is that ESPN um, wants to be the hub of all streaming sports. So... Disney and ESPN realize that there is a profound problem in terms of content discovery because sports rights have been sliced and diced between so many different media partners today, 
uh, in between both linear TV and streaming. So just to take an example, a New York Yankees game for a New York Yankees fan could be on the Yes Network or it could be on NBC's Peacock or it could be on Apple TV Plus or it could be on Amazon Prime Video or ESPN. And so there's, there's so many different possibilities in a given day that what ESPN wants to do is have all sports fans be able to go to the ESPN app or ESPN.com, and there would be a link to any game that was streaming. And if you clicked on the link, you would then get ported to that subscription service. It wouldn't be ESPN necessarily, but ESPN basically would be doing other media companies a solid, uh, uh, allowing them to subscribe if they were not a subscriber already to either a regional sports network streaming service or theoretically a national streaming service, and at that point somebody could watch the game. So in essence, it would be almost like a TV guide for streaming services. Now, how does ESPN benefit? Well, you every single person in their mind uh, would go to ESPN first, so they'd have the direct relationship there with all sports fans, and also they would take some sort of revenue-sharing cut for every subscriber that actually did sign up to a different streaming service. So the hope would be that it would be win-win-win. It would be win for ESPN. It would be win for uh, uh, other streaming services because they'd get more customers. And it would be a win for all of the leagues involved because the general amount of eyeballs would go up since the content discovery was easier. So when I was reading your article, it definitely seems like this is more kind of exploratory, big picture, not really honing, you know, driving down to the details yet. But like, what might be the perceived cons of this from any one of those uh, vantage points? Sure. So uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm not sure that other companies that own sports rights, whether that be Fox or NBC or Apple or Amazon, necessarily wants everyone going to ESPN first to get to their games. They all want to control the user relationship. They want that direct-to-consumer relationship. It's one of the reasons why all of these media companies have been excited about the prospect of getting into streaming and outside of cable, because you can develop the one-on-one relationship where you have a user's information demographically, it's good for advertising. You also potentially may have access to their credit card, so you can sell merchandise, which is important for, say, an Amazon. Uh, So there are reasons why other media companies may not want ESPN to be the front door for everyone. It kind of depends on where they prioritize their own business. I will say, from my reporting, it sounds like regional sports networks at this stage are maybe more excited by the idea than some of the national uh, big media competitors to Disney. And that, you know, that, I think there's some logic to that because the regional sports network business is in crisis right now, uh, or soon will be, uh, as it tries to navigate how it's going to survive in a streaming-dominated landscape. Yeah, let's go there for a minute, Alex, and, and talk about this because obviously here in Cleveland we've got Bally Sports, the regional network, the the Great Lakes Regional Bally brand. Uh, they do the Cavaliers, they do the the Guardians, and fans already you know kind of peeved that they can't get a lot of the games unless you've got a, a cable subscription. It's not a you know a pay per view deal. Um, so where do we go? What what pr- prepare us a little bit here for what's ahead in the next uh, few months? Yeah, so Bally is. Is, is the first frontier of the cracking of the iceberg here because uh, they have already missed a bond payment to their creditors. So they are on the verge of bankruptcy here, and they're trying to figure that out real time, whether or not they will actually file for bankruptcy or they can come up with 
some sort of other uh, way of reconstructing the business. But potentially what may happen uh, is that if they can't survive financially, the rights may be stripped away from them. So, so in other words, Major League Baseball's local teams may take back their rights, and the NBA and the NHL may take back their rights uh, in the coming years, this is. And, and there may be an entirely new solution where the games are actually available through a direct-to-consumer service, potentially led by the leagues themselves. We don't know yet. But you can look at Apple's deal with Major League Soccer as a potential template. Apple struck a deal with the MLS uh, last year where Apple now provides all MLS games streaming, no local blackouts. So it's kind of like NFL Sunday Ticket if your local games were also included in Sunday Ticket or NBA League Pass if the local games were included. This is a much easier, uh, more consumer-friendly way of uh, delivering games. It's sort of a one-stop shop. Uh, but it, it would, in essence, put regional sports networks, at least on the streaming side, out of business. Uh, on the linear side, they may continue, but they would be dying businesses because the linear cable bundle gets smaller and smaller. Millions and millions of Americans cancel cable every year. So in essence, that would become a dwindling business until it faded out. Alex Sherman, CNBC media reporter on the North Umstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, big picture, like specific to baseball, big picture in the long run. I know the short-term pain in the long run. Could this actually be a good thing for baseball considering some of their issues they have with getting fans to watch games like blackout issues? I would flip it. I think in the near term, they may be okay. And in the long term, it is not good news for baseball because the regional sports network business has been very uh, lucrative for all partners, the leagues, the networks, to some degree, the pay TV providers themselves. But we've seen, you know, the amount of money that baseball teams spend go up and up and up and up every year as the media rights deals increase. Uh, in a streaming-dominated world, only baseball fans will pay for baseball games. In the current iteration, where you are getting your games to regional sports networks, anyone who subscribes for cable is paying for those games, whether or not you're watching. So that's a lot more money coming into the system, and it's why the rights have increased year after year after year, contract after contract, for the major sports. Uh, in the new iteration of things, it's hard to make the money add up. And I think that Major League Baseball teams, particularly small market ones whose games are not very well watched, may be in a world of hurt here because the amount of money coming into media rights uh, may be nothing like what they are today, and that may lead to an out-and-out -out contraction. Alex, I did want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we, we, were, uh, we, were, we were peeping on your uh, Twitter account there, and we see that you are a 49ers fan. So can we interest you in Baker Mayfield to your quarterback room as you guys wait to see what happens with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance? Come on, don't, don't insult me that way. No, I, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with, uh, with, with Trey Lance as option number two as we wait for Brock Purdy to get healthy. No, but Baker Mayfield uh, does not interest me as, as a fan. Perhaps if he came for a million dollars a year or, or, or you know, the vet minimum, maybe we, we, the Niners would consider him as QB3. But outside of that, no thank you. Do you really think Trey Lance is a better option than Baker Mayfield? I know what Baker Mayfield is, and it's not a good I option. would take Trey Lance. Uh, uh, Trey Lance, I don't know. So I'll, I'll take a flyer on Trey Lance. 
The Niners traded three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. So there's a reason why uh, they, they like Trey Lance. Let's see it. He hasn't even gotten a chance yet. So I, I, I think from their perspective, they would much rather see what they have in Trey Lance than, than, than move on to Baker Mayfield at this stage. Alex, I forgot about this. I know we only got about 30 seconds with you. Any truth to the idea that Disney could look to sell ESPN in the, the near future? I don't think so. They, they've, they've, Bob Iger has already come out and dismissed that. Uh, he did acknowledge that Bob Chapek, the previous Disney CEO, uh, did take a look at the idea and basically dismissed it. Uh, Bob Iger has long been a champion of ESPN. It still makes so much money for Disney that it kind of supports their money-losing streaming business, which may eventually turn profitable in 2024, 2025. But in the near term, they really need the money coming in, even as the linear uh, TV bundle dwindles down. So I, I would not expect them to sell or spin ESPN anytime soon. Follow this man on the Twitter machine, at Sherman4949. Alex, great stuff, man. Really interesting insight, and we appreciate you, bud. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.